Hey everyone, welcome to the MS Experience Podcast and I'm your host Mdokuli Putele bringing you another episode from the Blessed Hope series and I pray that, I hope that this has been a blessing for, for you as we are talking about the end times and how important it is in our lifetime to teach on that because it affects how we live our lives here on earth. I just want to show my gratitude for people who have been supporting me and for my new listeners, I welcome you in this channel to hear about the word of God. It's, more, it's like you're going to church. It's like when your friend invites you to church. Thank you for those who shared this link to you. You are listening now because of that. God bless that person. I'm thankful, really thankful. So, you know, like right now, man, we are, we are living in terrible times, man. In, amazing in fact are not terrible amazing times where scripture is concerned what we are saying is just bible prophecy coming to pass man but apart from that and this is why the reason we teach on end times to know what the future holds for us because god wants us to be prepared it's not to scare you but to prepare you this is why I'm doing this thing. So in this segment, what I originally titled this series is, I titled it the Blessed Hope series, The Judgments. But I realized what you will hear today will surprise you, will shock you. And man, this is gonna blow your mind because many people think that, they think that you're gonna be judged at one time, but the Bible says otherwise. So I'll be talking about the future judgments of God. In essence, what the Bible teaches is that there are three judgments of God that will happen. Number one will be the judgment seat of Christ. Number two is the judgment of the nations. And number three is the great white throne judgment. So before I carry on, let us pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I humble myself before you, Lord. Father, you know, thank you for your word that you've given us. Thank you for unveiling to us what will happen in the future, Lord. And that is not, you you did not do this to scare us, but to prepare us, Lord. And knowing that what's coming on the other side will be worth it, will be beautiful, man. And thank you so much, Lord. Father, I pray that with all the wisdom you gave, Lord, I share your wisdom, not with my own intellect, but the Spirit of God, Lord. Holy Spirit, I pray that you teach us 
that are, that is listening and also me lord because i'm learning too about how to live and to remind us and to other people just to remind them why living as a christian is worth it so i thank you lord in jesus name <laughs> give them the strength to be able to listen to this whole episode because it might be lengthy hopefully and under an hour at best thank you father i pray that this be fruitful and may it not may your word not return void in jesus name amen all right all right all right so in many churches this topic is still one of the misunderstood topics in the study of the end times because of not rightly dividing the word of truth or just hearing what man says how you will be judged many confuse the people which judgment they fall under they don't realize that there's more than one judgment that the bible talks about we are not all going to be judged at one time and mainly the only judgment they refer to is the great one throne judgment and it's because of the doctrines that they teach at church it all starts with salvation that's what i have seen if your view on salvation is wrong then major i guarantee you majority of your teach doctrine will be misplaced will be in error because of salvation because of limited atonement because of not preaching the true gospel that's the number one problem i saw so the problem with the, uh, with this thinking is that when they say that we are going to be judged at one time putting us all under one basket it's wrong because that's not what scripture says where scripture is concerned that's not what it says so the mission of this episode is that i'll bring to light what the bible says about the judgments that it mentions and disclaimer i will not be able to mention all the judgments i'll spread the topic throughout the rest of the series as i mention them what i can say is that these three events serve different purposes they are not one of the same they accommodate three different groups of people So number 1 I can let you guess yeah, this this is for you to guess for yourself Number 1 has to do with the church another has to do with the people who go through the tribulation and the final judgment is when God judges the whole world both the living and the dead the ones who survive who survived the tribulation and who lived through the millennium and those who lived and died through the millennium as well because there'll still be when Jesus comes and rules again there'll still be natural people alive only for a thousand years and for the sake of time I'm going to be talking about the judgment seat of Christ like I said the ju- this segment consists of three judgments the judgment seat of Christ the judgment of the nations and the great white throne judgment so the first thing that I'm going to start with is the judgment seat of Christ So what I can tell you about this judgment is that I told you earlier on that you have to guess right that one has to do with the church one has to do with the people in the tribulation and one has to do with when the whole world stands before God okay so guess which one this judgment the judgment seat of Christ is for going once going twice sold with the person with the green cap on What's your answer sir? Uh 
this judgment has to do with the whole world. Ah, man. You gave me all that money and you get the wrong answer. Ah, wrong. Okay. Next one. Before you can answer, what are you betting on? Are you betting on the church? Or are you betting on the people who survived the tribulation? Okay. Thank you. Thank you for the money. Thank you for the cash. Okay, so what did you bet on? Uh, okay. I believe that it's the people who will, who will be in the tribulation. Oh, wrong again. And wow. You lost so much money. Thank you for the cash. <laughs> and for the, for the rest, you can answer because there's only one more one answer left. And that is the church. So, this judgment has to do with the church. I know it was a bad illustration, man, concerning money. Why would you think, of all the things you think of, you think of money. Why would you think of money? <laughs> I know, man, I'm sorry. I mean, that's, that's just the flow of it. It's just, I was just flowing with it, man. Don't think of it otherwise, okay? So, yeah, this judgment has to do with the church. So yeah, it has to do with every born-again believer who put their faith in the gospel of Jesus Christ. It can be exciting and nerve-wracking at the same time, and I have good reason why I say that. Initially, this judgment is good for the believer, for every believer in Jesus Christ, for every born-again child of God. But there's a good reason why I say it's going to be nerve-wracking. The good news is about this judgment is that Jesus Christ will not be judging you based on your sins because he dealt with them at the cross the moment you believed in him. So child of God, rejoice, be happy, celebrate. The bad news is that there will be people who will be nervous and ashamed because of how they lived their life on earth as a Christian. Remember, like I said, we are all accountable before God. We will be accountable. Judgment is coming for every single person here on earth. We read from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10 that, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. So though God has dealt with our sin debt, I mean, that's done completely, like, poop, remitted. All our sins are remitted, gone, wiped away by his blood. All believers are still going to be accountable for how they live your life on earth. You are not going to be accountable to me. I'm not going to be accountable to you. Everyone on earth will be accountable to God. It surprises me how the Holy Spirit says whether good or bad, because now, and here comes the error concerning concerning this, like when we appear before God, man. Okay? Concerning this judgment. People teach that if your good deeds are outweigh the bad, you'll go to heaven. But if your bad deeds outweigh the good, God doesn't bring you in. You go to hell. And that's not what the Bible teaches. That's not what Paul means when he says whether good or bad. God will judge you according to what you have done in your body, whether good or bad. That's not what he's saying here. And I'll give you, I'll tell you what he's saying very soon.
The Greek word for judgment seat is translated in one word. And that is Bima. And I don't understand why when people translated the Bible, I don't understand why didn't they just put the direct word or they didn't, they didn't know how to translate that word. Because in the Greek it just says Bima and all that. Why couldn't they just say Bima there? The Bima of Christ. I know it doesn't sound like, okay, it doesn't flow well, but they could have just said that because people take judgment in the wrong way, man. Like, they hate that word. They hate it. So for the Christian, they assume that this judgment will be that, okay, no. If I'm not good enough, God will send me to hell and all that. And it's because of the teaching, like many people do not teach on on the different judgments. They do not explain, they do not rightly divide the word of truth concerning judgment. So that's what people come to, to assume. They reach their final verdict. Okay, no, this judgment is just one judgment. But that's not the case. With this word bima, it's actually a good word translated it's a good translation of the word judgment seat and the reason why i say it's not a terrible thing for the believer is that the meaning of the word judgment seat it, it's just it just means a raised place mounted by steps so there is a there is a seat and there are steps that lead up to that seat to that to that throne basically and i did my history on the bima and what i found is that back then the judges used the bima as a way to give rewards to the victors for of the games it was not for punishing them it was either you win or you stand before and stand before the bima to receive your reward or you lose and get nothing so this is the same principle paul uses with the bima seat of christ it is not for it's not where you are punished for your sins but a place where you are rewarded on what you did with what God gave you. When you believed in Jesus Christ, when you put your faith in Christ, what did you do for him? How did you live your life for him? There will be people who will not get rewards because of how they lived their life here on earth. However, that does not mean they do not go to heaven. That's why I said that's, that's the explanation. On why Paul says, whatever you do on the body, God will judge you whatever, however you lived here on earth. Whatever you did in your body, whether good or bad. The bad here Paul is referring to is losing your reward. It's not on the basis of salvation. God has rewards for us that he wants to give us for our faithfulness. Because of our faithfulness. Because of our enduring till the end. That he will come and rescue us from the trouble that is that will come on the earth. At that time we will be raptured. Meet, uh, meet him at the clouds. And there, that's where the judgment will happen. It's for the church. It's not a matter of your salvation. Because John 5.24 says that most assuredly. Jesus' own words saying you can be confident. Most assuredly means that you can be confident of what I will what be saying. What I'll just say to you. Most assuredly I say to you. He who hears my word. And believes in him. 
who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death into life. The life is here is life with Jesus Christ. Where he is, there we shall be also. And death, obviously you know what that means. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Death, separation from God. Death, hell. That's what he means. He has passed from condemnation, basically. From being condemned. The moment you are born, you are born condemned. No one is born good. No one is born pure. There's a difference between being pure and being innocent. We are all born innocent, but not pure. But we are born condemned. You are born innocent and condemned. There is an age of innocence that will come until we reach, until we come to the age of accountability. And no one knows that age, only God knows. So the rewards, God will reward us accordingly based on our faithfulness and how we live. So and you need to look forward, look forward to this. This judgment is not to frighten you, child of God. It's to encourage you to live the Christian life knowing that you will be rewarded for God for you, because you deal, you are seeking God he will reward you the one the people who believe in him he is a rewarder for those who diligently seek him so continue for everything you do for God is never useless it's never useless to God he writes he records it's not unjust he records every single thing we do he'll we are going to be judged according to what we do. The difference is that we are not being judged for our sins, but how we lived our life here on earth. So when we look at the context in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10, all the way from the first verse, Paul is talking about the bodies we have and the spiritual body that is yet to come. We groan because we have not received our glorious body, desiring to be made alive, desiring that their current bodies be swallowed up by the life of our new bodies. Basically, reminding them about what he told them the first time he met them. So, you know, our bodies right now, they are dying. They are aging. But for those who have the Spirit of God, our the spirit man, that body is being renewed day by day, whereas this earthly tent is dying every single day. We are aging in the natural. That's how it is. But when Jesus comes again, oh, what a day that will be. Is that he will transform us. In, by the twinkling of an eye, we will be transformed. And our bodies will become like his glorious body. Wow. And that's the wonderful mystery, man. Things that weren't important back then, but is important now. What a wonderful day that will be. Man, you're not going to complain. You're not going to feel any pain anymore. Look look forward to a day you're not going to feel pain. You're not going to be grieved. All you will feel is just love and goodness. And no one will be jealous. Even though we, we, don't, we are not equal in heaven though. No one will be jealous. I mean for a moment when God judges you, of course man. Like you are ashamed because... Everyone is receiving their rewards, but you are, you are, you, you are getting nothing because of how you lived your life on earth. But after that, no one will be jealous. No one will be envious of each other. Man, 
how are we gonna live in this new life man this is a life more abundant i mean the one that we have is just a shadow of the reality that is coming jesus said i've come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly the enemy the enemy's duties one is only one thing to kill to steal kill and destroy that's that's his duty that's what he always goes after to steal kill and destroy but christ man it's all goodness man it's all goodness even in our sufferings even in our tribulations our challenges it's all gonna work out for good and we have a god who loves us who redeems us every single day who saves us every single day just put your faith in him in all in with your whole life amen Hebrews 9 verse 27 says, For in, And inasmuch it is appointed or laid up for men to die once, and after this comes judgment. You see, the moment we are born, there's a expi expi expiration date. We will die at some point, but if you are a believer, chances are you are not going to die because Jesus will come back and when you are alive, you will you will, not, you will not experience death. When he comes back while you are alive, you're not going to experience death. And I said on the previous episode that blessed is the man who's not going to experience death. I mean, like, your parents won't grieve for you. Your loved ones won't miss you. I mean, like, whoa, man. Like, to experience death, like, no one likes to die. No one wants to die. Rightfully so, because he did. death is foreign to God. Death is an enemy to God. And that because we are created in his likeness, we don't like to die. It's in us. We are not made for death. And that's why I'm saying blessed are youth who will not experience death. But when you die in the Lord, to die, for me to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. You are good either way. But you need to look forward to the day when Jesus comes back, like to rapture us be expected because it can happen any day nothing needs to happen for the rapture to take place no nothing prophetic or that needs to happen for the rapture to take place it can happen anytime so we are all gonna be judged one day there's an expiration date to humanity to every human being my question to you is that where will your destination take you to the present presence of the lord or with the devil and his demons is it either everlasting life or everlasting torment but for god's children rejoice because it carries on to say in hebrews 9:28 so christ also having been offered once to bear the sins of many will appear a second time for salvation without reference to sin but to save those who are eagerly who eagerly wait for him and i love how the new living translation uh, says it says so also christ has offered once for all time as a sacrifice to take away the sins of many people he will come again not to deal with our sins 
but to bring salvation to those who eagerly waiting for him. Wow, amazing. The salvation Paul talks about is the salvation of our bodies. This happens when we are raptured to meet him in the clouds. It's not a salvation for your soul because God already has that the moment you put your trust in the gospel. He has it. And no one, no one is more powerful than God, man. Jesus even says, says himself that I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. I hold them, they are in my hand and they are in the Father's hand and they shall never perish. So no one, no human being, no, you are not more powerful than God himself and he cannot lie. Assurance of salvation. These things are written that you may know you have eternal life and that you continue to believe in him. So the word eagerly means to strongly wanting to or have something. So are you expecting him to return? Are you expecting like, do you have this desire for him to return? Do you have this desire to see him face to face? Do you have this desire to look for your redeemer every single day? Knowing that your sufferings are not in vain. He doesn't forget your labor of love. Think about these things, man. We should not be afraid of this, like, because it is script- scriptural. Looking up is not, su- is not something that is made up. It, it is a command. And to be honest, it's, simply quite a, it's, it's a simple command that you can do every day. Oh, you go out, you look outside, you look at the clouds. Huh, Lord... Come, Lord, come. Looks like, okay, today the rapture hasn't happened. I mean, the day hasn't ended yet. But either either way, Lord, come. It's another day to glorify you. It's another day to win a soul back to you. So let's get on with the road. So do not be afraid. Don't worry about what people think. They think or know. You're crazy, man. Why are you looking at the clouds? Why are you always your heads up in the clouds? I mean, how? Why not? Because that's where my help comes from. My Redeemer is up there, not down here. He doesn't want me to look down at my problems always. And to look sideways on what's happening around the world. He wants us to look up. Because that's where our help comes from. So don't worry about what people say. This is the hope that every child of God should have in their hearts. So what you do in your lifetime matters, child of God. He has promised you rewards of us to come when he t- comes and takes you home. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 12 through 15 says, says this. Now if any man builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, or straw, each man's work will become evident, for the day will show it because it will be revealed with fire. And the fire itself will test the quality of each man's work. If any man's work which he has built on it remains, he will receive a reward, but if any man's work is burnt up, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved yet as though through fire and it reminds me about lord man 
That guy lingered. Hey man, I don't know why like that guy wants to stay in Sodom and Gomorrah. Say, ah, whoa, 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 whoa. I, I hope I'm not forgetting anything. Like the angels literally had to force him out before before God could judge the land. Lot is a picture of a, a believer. Like before the judgment would come, he had to take them out before the judgment would come. Like, bro, like, why would you want to stay there anyway? Like, come on. Don't you want to, don't you want to come home? And it's a picture of a believer that, like, who has his life fixed on the world. Like, he's worried about the things of the world. Like, that's, like, but why would you linger, man? Come on, let's go home. Hey, man. Hey. But anyway. Back to this verse. All the resources mentioned there is also a type of where a believer is in their walk. They represent the levels of faithfulness to Jesus Christ. And personally, I don't know where I stand. I don't know where you stand. I don't know where people stand in their rewards. But God does. When you gave your life to him, God has predestined you to be conformed. To the image of his son. So when you appear before the Lord and your work is burned up, you lose your reward. But when your work survives the fire, God gives you your reward. And I don't mean that in singular, I mean it can be more than one and all that. It can be more than one reward. So, and another thing, to dispute this assumption that we are all going to be judged at the same time. What can you say about this verse? 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 17 For the time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God. And if it begins with us first, what will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God? Peter, in his first phrase, is speaking to Christians. And in the last phrase, talking about those who disobey the gospel, those who did not accept the gospel of Jesus Christ, those who refused to accept God's love. How worse will it be, will it be for they? And judgment, like I said, we are all, all going to be judged. But it differs. All these judgments differ. And they differ by a mile, man. We are not all going to be just the same same, same place, one place at one time. No. There's a specific one for the believer. There's, a, there's one for the people who will survive the tribulation. And the, one, and the great one throne judgment with the whole world. Believers are not included in that judgment. Will be judged. In fact... In that great one throne judgment, we are the ones who's gonna be judging them. Because in Corinthians in in the book of Corinthians, Paul talk, uh, talks about, don't you know we'll judge angels? He was saying that regarding like the issues that the Corinthian church were facing, like people were filing lawsuits against against each other, man, like people were sinning against each other and they Try to go to the courts outside who do not care about God. If they, the people, the courts outside, they don't care about the things of God. Find people who are wise enough 
in the church to resolve these issues. Don't you know that one day you are going to you are going to judge angels? So this uh, minor thing you can solve it yourselves. Find someone who's wise enough. So in that great one throne judgment, we are the ones who's going to be judging. Isn't that amazing? With God, of course. So my final question. So if it is not judgment for our sins, but to give rewards for our faithfulness, what rewards are we going to receive that makes us continue to live this Christian lifestyle? So of course I told you that you're going to receive rewards. So now you want to know what they are, right? I mean, I already gave you a hint. I'm not going to mention it again because we're going to talk about that on the next episode. Yeah, I'm leaving you with that cliffhanger. I know, so sly of me. <laughs> like, why would you do this, bro? Why are you doing this to us? Why are you tormenting us? Don't worry. Relax. I can't share the whole wisdom of God. Otherwise, you'll be overwhelmed, man. I'm doing this for your benefit. So be patient. It's coming. So how can we make this practical now? Is that we can pray to God always. That's number one. Is to study God's word. To grow in the truth. And share your faith whenever you have the opportunity. With your friends, with your family members. However, in any, however way. Be it evangelism personally. I mean, I encourage that as well. But there's also the internet. You can go post YouTube. I mean, you can post videos on YouTube. You can write scriptures on Facebook, Twitter, post pictures of scriptures, write devotionals, write blogs. There's so many ways to serve God. Number three, number four, share the gospel with your friends. They need that. For your un unsaved friends, they need that. Just keep being the light you are meant to be. No one other than God should tell you who you ought to be. It's not you or not your friends, but God himself. And just and ask the Holy Spirit for ideas on how to love people because you may never know how you want to do things. It's best to ask the best person for the job, God. Ask the Holy Spirit. And that's the end of our episode. But before that, I wouldn't want to end this um, episode without preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Before I can tell you the good news is that I have to tell you the bad news. The bad news is that there is a hell. Like I said, there is judgment. Right now, I only preached about the judgment that for the believers that have come out of the judgment. This judgment is for those who have been delivered from the judgment that God is going to bring on this earth. And the judgment is that there is a hell. Because there is sin, God has to punish sin. And because of sin, sin leads to death. And death in every, and sin leads to hell. And it's all because of one man's sin, Adam, who sinned. Death came in. Sin entered the world. And all who are born in this world are born sinners, condemned. But good news for you is that Christ came to save sinners. He died to save sinners. Timothy, 1 Timothy 1.15 
Romans 3 verse 10 through 18 says that there is no one righteous, no one who does good. The heart of man is evil continually and no one is looking for God. We are all born sinners, my friend. There is none good in ourselves. In our flesh dwells no good thing. Without God, there is nothing good in ourselves. No matter how good you are, I mean, I'm not disputing that there are moral people, there are good people out there that who are good man like they obey the law they follow the they are law abiding citizens they give money to the poor they are charitable they are loving but when it comes to god's standard like we don't come close you don't come close you can't earn your way into heaven because god's goodness demands perfection and the thing is that in every good person there are flaws in them and that immediately disqualifies you for for uh, for heaven that immediately turns you into like, okay, no, you're not truly good. But God came looking for you. You may have not been looking for God, but he sought you out. He came for you, dying for the ungodly, Jesus Christ. He didn't come for perfect people. He didn't come for people who think that they are righteous in their own, in their own ways. Our righteousness is like filthy rags unto the Lord. And why? All men have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God because of what Adam did. But the good news, the second Adam, Jesus Christ, because of one man's disobedience, many of us became sinners. But because of one man's obedience, many of us are declared righteous because we believe in what he did for us at the cross. That's one of the that's another thing that he did at the cross. He died for our sins and he declared us righteous when when you believe in the gospel. So like I said, man, because of sin there there is judgment that comes on that will come on every human being who refused to accept the gift that he sent and that is his son. And the punishment will be hell. A place where fire, the fire is not quenched, where the maggots cannot die. Can you imagine? Even flies cannot die. Something as small as a fly cannot die. Yet there is a fire. You know, if you can put a fly in the fire, hopefully if you can catch one. Right now, it will burn to a crisp, like immediately. But this fire is a fire that doesn't burn out, that is not quenched. And the maggot cannot die. But is suffering in the fire. Hell is an eternal separation from God. Nothing good is there. It's a place of thick darkness. Can you imagine suffering? Eternal torment. Yet you can't see the person in front of you. You can't see the person next to you. But you can hear their cries. You can hear their wailing. All because they didn't accept the gift of your son. Friend, let let. Let that not be you. I'm saying this out of love and it breaks my heart really knowing what's coming for people who do not believe in Jesus Christ, who refuse to, to believe, to accept his gift. It breaks my heart because it's the Holy Spirit in me, God himself in me, that grieves. Man, I don't want that to be you, friend. I don't want that to be you. But the good news is that Jesus Christ came to die 
He died for your sins. He was buried and he resurrected. The meaning on these things is very important. That's why I'm explaining this to you. Is that Jesus was sent to satisfy God's goodness and holiness and he did. We became righteous. He fully satisfied all of God's justice and holiness. And concerning sin, man, for man to be accepted by God, there had to be blood. There had to be a, a blood sacrifice. And because of that blood, because of Jesus' blood, he remitted our sins. Our sins are, in God's sight, we are as white as snow right now. And because of God, because God is just, he has to punish sin. He can't just let a sinner go into heaven. See? But because he is also love, he didn't want to punish you for your sins. He cried the moment Jesus cried, it is finished. It was finished. The payment, your redemption, finished. Done deal whatsoever. Nothing you can do to earn it. All you need to do is just receive the gift. That's all. Your punishment has been dealt with. At that moment, righteousness was imputed to you on your account for all who believe Jesus Christ who knew no sin became sin for us so that we might be made the righteousness of God in him imputed righteousness what does that mean to be imputed it means that for example I go to the bank I check my bank balance and I find that there's one million that was put in my account I didn't do anything to earn it. I didn't work for it. The first thing, <laughs> you know, like you would celebrate. If you receive one million, you would celebrate. But you have to think first. Is this money legal? Do I have the right to this money to use it? You call the bank and the teller tells you, no, don't worry about it. It's legal. There's no mistake. Someone sent you. That money, it's yours, do as you wish. So yeah, that's how it is. It was given to you. You did nothing to earn it. That is imputed righteousness. Oh, what a good God. And to just simplify what the gospel is, love. He loves you. He's not mad at you. Come home to his love. Is crying out, come back to come back to me. As an ambassador of Christ, this is my the ministry of reconciliation for every child of God. This is the ministry of reconciliation that we come we bring people back to God. And this is my plea to you, come back for this for your for your sake. It's for your sake, man, that I'm doing this. Amen. And if you are the one who who's putting your faith in Christ, and the next step is to believe. That's the final step. Number one is to admit that you are a sinner in need of a savior. Number two is to believe the gospel of Jesus Christ. Is to believe the gospel from your heart and say it with your mouth, and you shall be saved. Romans 10 verse 9 through 10 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, 
you will be safe not might not maybe you will definite definitely it's an assurance for with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation the moment you believe is because you believe in your heart that Jesus has justified you from all your sins in which your works can could not justify you you will be saved it's all about justification here so if that's you my friend you are believing in your heart all that's left is to, for you to confess it now pray this prayer with me father i humble myself before you i admit that i am a sinner in need of a savior You said you are the savior of sinners. I thank you for the love you have shown me. I believe that you sent Jesus Christ to die for my sins. I believe he shed his blood for my wrongdoing. Once for all time. He was buried and rose again as a declaration of the righteousness that you gave me. And for that I thank you for saving me from hell. Thank you for your love. Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. In Jesus name. And everyone says amen and amen amen man the angels are rejoicing man oh, what a day it is for you man it's a feast in heaven i mean they're eating on your behalf then <laughs> but one day you'll eat you'll eat we'll eat together with god when we attend the wedding feast man what a day that will be Okay, now that you are a child of God, all things have passed away. Because behold, all things have become new. You're a new creature. You're a new creation. Learn more about your Father. Read your Bible more. Start in the New Testament. And another thing: grow spiritually and join a church. Join a good Bible church. And most of all, grow in the Scriptures. It's your responsibility not to be deceived. So grow in the Scriptures. Yeah, I would like to end with this. Uh, I like to end this podcast with a blessing. Hope you have a wonderful week and a wonderful day ahead. May the Lord bless you and keep you, and may His face shine upon you and give you His peace, which surpasses all understanding. In Jesus' name, Amen. This has been the Nias experience. Goodbye.